0: Riders meeting is brought to you by Yamaha. Rev your heart and join the Blue Crew for contingency, technical support videos, trackside support, demos and riding schools, apparel and merchandise. Get on the winning team. Join Yamaha's Blue Crew today. Nihilo Concepts, the leaders in grip technology, whether it's frame grip, lever grip, grip donuts, which are fully customizable, or even the SOS device, which will keep you from being stranded. Check out all the products Hilo Concepts makes for your motorcycle. And by Complete Racing Solutions, the leading resource for health and wellness and performance, where results are driven by the science of performance. Visit CompleteRacingSolutions.com for more information on training, nutrition, hydration, recovery, injury prevention, flexibility, and so much more. It's an incredible resource. Get over to CompleteRacingSolutions.com. And by FlowVision. FlowVision Goggles combine a lifetime of riding and racing experience to create the perfect goggle. Includes outrigger performance fitment system for optimal function, a removable nose guard for added protection and rider comfort, triple layer rider comfort foam for maximum sweat absorption and fitment, relaxed nose support for increased breathing, boundary ventilation system to aid with sweat reduction and relief, a 45 millimeter wide anti-slip strap with a 3D printed poly logo, FlowVision lenses are three times thicker than the standard goggle lens for clarity of vision, and they come in multicolors. It's CE certified, and get this, they retail for $56. Check out FlowVision goggles today. Hey folks, welcome to this week's Riders Meeting. I'm your host, David Pingree, joined by GL, my guy. Welcome back. Thanks for filling in while I was gone. Someone's got to be in the sweatshop while you're out there. I Uh, saw you take a couple digs. (laughs)
1: Slalom skiing down the Montana rivers and perfect weather, no
0: humidity. mm -hmm. Yep, that's all correct. Yep, Yep. exactly, all that. Anyway, happy to be back. Thanks for tuning back in. Uh, GL and I are doing a Saturday show, so we're cocktailing a bit. Don't even worry about it. Race gas. Normally, he's code red, but we had the wrong mixers today. It's all right. Um, Let's jump into the racing this weekend at Unidale because there was some pretty interesting stuff. And uh, we'll jump right into the 250s first. Just scattered results, man, like all over the place. It was made it really fun to watch. Both motos. Uh in the first moto, it was the first time we've really seen Jet get beat straight up and kind of show some some vulnerabilities. You know, he, he could tell he was not feeling this track. Uh multiple times he either lost the front end or uh the, the second moto crash, man, he pushed it and it high side and spit him pretty good. but he had a couple of pretty good crashes. Yeah, absolutely. Um but
1: if you go look in history, in my opinion, there's always guys that excel at tracks like Washugal and Unadilla. Which, ironically, they're on both opposite sides of the coast. But guys that do well at one, do well at the other. And guys that typically don't like those tracks struggle at both. So, um, I feel like Unadilla, I saw they made some changes to, to the track, like... Uh, That section that used to be kind of off camber, there was that famous uh, when Stu jumped on the back of Ricky. That whole sweeping off camber, we've seen many crashes over the years. They've changed that, it's more straight, bend up the hill. Um, So the track did look different in some aspects, but obviously for the most part, looked a lot like Unadilla, slick, uh, choppy, skatey. They had good weather this time. And I think like with Jet Lawrence, he said he didn't really like Washougal. I kind of knew coming into it, he wasn't, Maybe his favorite, like people put him on paper, like, oh, he's won everything, he's gonna win this one. I knew it was gonna be a struggle, but if you look at it, he was riding pretty good. He wasn't slow, you know, his speed was no. pretty good. It was the mistakes, and that's a track, to be honest, I, I felt the same way. Um, I always felt like I was on the edge of being fast or crashing, and it's so hard. I feel like you, you, you mentally gotta tune yourself in there because it's, you got to, everything has to be very precise, very um, thought out. And i think with jet he's been thought out and casual all year but in that first moto nick romano got under his skin he blocked him there blocked him there and for the first time in a while i saw jet get a little frustrated and he was like i'm gonna blow by him and when he tried to blow by it was that first crash came in that turn too fast high-sided and i think that led to the second crash um and then again now you go into motor two not to jump ahead but now he's doing i had a bad first motor i have to have a good second motor it just looked to me like he got out of place early on in the day
0: and just never really caught up. Yeah. A little bit of panic in his riding, which we normally don't see. He's normally so patient. And when he decides to go, it's it's because he's got his line sorted. He knows he's faster and he just goes. We're here, yeah. to your point, he was stuck behind Romano and you could just see the frustration. And that I pass he made, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how he thought he was gonna stick that inside Ruddy. He came in at like 60 miles an hour.
1: He came in flying and, and he was getting frustrated. He wanted to get past because He has his plan, and I feel like for the most part, except for that one engine failure, this year, outdoor-wise, has gone to plan. He's been up in the mix, and then he decides to drop the hammer, and it worked. This time, he decided to drop the hammer, and there was this young kid just really, like that pesky fly, and kudos to Romano, but if you're someone else looking at this, you're going, now you know what to do. You can't just let him by, and I felt like the problem in the 250 class is, some of these guys, it's like, They'll be going good and then all of a sudden they'll hear a bike and then they see the big number one plate and it's kind of like, in a weird way they roll over like, oh, it's Jet Lawrence, like he's yeah. kind of a big deal. Like, I'll just let this slide. But that's not the my you know right mindset. They have gotta fight back and keep, you know, just trying to, um, I think that was something that I had to do, I remember in 2007, I realized James Stewart was quicker than me so I had to try and get out in front of him and then agitate him mm-hmm. and um at Washougal, he was trying to catch me, and that's when he injured his knee, and all of a sudden the championship turned around. So, Jets got the championship under control, but if I'm these other guys, I'm like, you gotta, you gotta be an agitator. Yeah. Like, it's, stop being nice guy, and trying to get Instagram followers. Like, get under his skin. So, Nick Romano, I'll give you credit for that. He disrupted the main guy, and I think it was proof
0: of what you can do. And I think he exposed that a, weakness. A possible formula. Okay, so just fight with him. Yeah. Frustrate him, and then you can force him into a mistake. But I think that
1: you could argue that's with most guys. Yeah. But the problem is, you start seeing it, and I've I've been guilty at
0: times myself where, oh, it's Ricky Carmichael, like yeah, you yeah. know. But you've well, got to just sometimes when a guy, if he catches you from fifteen seconds back, it's like, okay, what am I doing here? I'm better off letting him go by and trying to and follow. And try him. to yeah. see what he's doing. Maybe I can pick my own speed up. So I've done that before too, um but. You know they were early in the race. They were at the front of the pack. He didn't want to let him go. I mean, kudos like like you said, kudos to Romano for digging in. I, I would I would just like to see more of that um, heart yeah. from some of the
1: younger guys. I think there's 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 a lot on on all these different teams. And you go, don't just put yourself in this category. Oh, I'm a fifth to eighth place guy. Oh, no, race like you're yeah. trying to be the best. And and we saw that. And again, I'm telling you. I'll have to go back and watch it again, but I think Nick Romano really threw J- Jet Lawrence's day off of off of off track because he was like not panicking. Okay, the leaders are there, you know, pace, whatever. But after that, couple laps, you could tell I'm like, oh, he's not happy. So anyway, Jet just proved he is human. He's been very dominant all season. But this was the first day that between not his favorite track, maybe not the best starts. You know, at least the start in the first moto, and then someone getting under the skin, he showed he has a weakness. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's still got things very under control, but it was, it was no panic. There's no panic, but just as far as Unandilla goes. A a couple more things about the track because, you know, I made a post on my Instagram page. I I just get agitated when um, I'm all for progress. I I don't believe we should just like, you know, hang on to things because this is the way we've always done it. If there's something that's better, cool. But They've made Unadilla. They're trying to turn it into some kind of modern track, adding all these jumps. I mean, if you watched how many doubles and step-ups and all the stuff they added into that, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is the, the quintessential old-school moto track. It's got crazy elevation. Use that. It's enough. You know? The Skyshot jump, all right, if you want to peak that tabletop up, cool. Like, what, what are you doing putting step-ups and doubles in out there? Like, I, To me, that's just... It was sacrilegious. And I am disgusted with the TV crew, whoever it is. It used to be NBC, I don't care who's doing it now, if it's the same crew, it's not called The Wall. It's called Screw You. And it's been that way since the early 70s. And if that offends people, I mean, go get into another business. Like, stop being such a pussy. It's called Screw You. <laughs> it goes down, it makes a U and comes back up. And if you don't get it right, then we'll screw you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was the, the, the idea behind it. <clears throat> Bums me out that that we've just gone this soft bullshit and we're, we're we got to call it the wall and you got told the broadcast team told you that right? Yeah, it's a t- it's a TV decision. They just and I asked and of course they said,
1: well, you know, it could be offensive, and but. In TV, Heaven
0: forbid
1: somebody gets offended by a word, but I often want to say, but if you watch TV, you're also on social media. You've seen and heard every word out there, you know. I have teenage kids, believe yeah. me. They know more than I do when it comes to that. But it does suck because it's part of the track's history. They keep talking about the history of the track, and then you go look, and it's like the only thing they've got left is the gravity cavity. Like that. Yeah, is and it. they don't
0: even really t- call it gravity cavity much anymore. The tree turn that used to be the corkscrew—that's well, the cavity—is a bad thing. So maybe they just—that'll offend people of it. too. People with bad teeth get offended. Yeah, we exactly. can't call it that anymore. Anyway. A little bit of a rant i'm sorry but um you know with the passing of of the the founder of unadilla i i just think he's that's disgusting you, you know keep some of that tradition alive that's my opinion <clears throat> um all right so back to the racing okay you got that off your chest i did it out really? yeah, i was a little <laughs> upset about that was uh, kind of heated
1: loosen those arms
0: out um joe Shimoda. what an amazing ride for him got out front and uh we saw him at redbud get the overall win so it wasn't his first win of the year but uh, just a solid ride. He got out front and checked out, and he's been really coming on. Well,
1: it's not his first one of the year, but his first real win. This this one, he he won. Straight up. He, yeah. Red Bud, I mean, let's be honest. If Jet's bike didn't blow up, he would have won that race. Jet's been per- pretty much perfect. Not perfect as in winning every moto like Carmichael, but perfect in the sense of doing what it took to get the overalls and he just kept winning and winning and gaining points every weekend whether it was on his brother Shimoda a Hampshire whoever he was always gaining points on everyone and then you know today even you could just look at it and go Joe Shimoda's the best rider yeah um, Justin Cooper I thought rode really well as as well. But his first moto and or first moto and first half of the first moto
0: didn't quite get the start, but it just seemed like it took him a little while to get that rhythm. Well, he was up front and lost the lost the rear end down there at the bottom, in the bottom oh, that's of the valley. Right. Yeah. So but, he, he ruined after his own that, day with that yeah. crash. Yeah.
1: But then after that, it just seemed like he battled to get that rhythm. That's the one thing about Unadilla is um, with that track, I feel like it's so hard to get
0: a rhythm and yeah. so easy to lose it or make a mistake. And you yeah. saw everyone make mistakes yeah. today. And, uh, Emig said something in the broadcast that was was pretty accurate. He said, you know, at this place, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm always a big front-end traction guy. Like, I'm okay if the back end will move around, but I need to know where my front tire is. And at Unadilla, it's like riding around with six pounds of pressure in your tire. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it feels Just, like everything's it, rolling. It's constantly moving on you. And, man, if so you have to find ruts to turn off of or, or berms or... Or just be a guy that's really good with the throttle, and you can control a two-wheel drift because you end up just sliding a lot. Those those pebbles are all embedded into the ground, and you end up sliding across the top of that. And the tire can't bite in, and um, we did see a lot of crashes, a lot of mistakes. But that, but that was Jet Lawrence. I mean, if you looked at the epitome of what you does to
1: good riders, yeah, uh, Jet Lawrence was that guy. I mean two of the crashes was
0: started with a push and then the bike you know yeah. and sort of helicoptered him a little bit and I, we should also uh speaking of this track biting people uh, seth Hammaker had a big one <laughs> so i hope he's doing okay i haven't heard any updates on him but it looked like he caught a little kicker and that was dirty it was a kicker which you could see that little because
1: everyone's accelerating so hard and it gets that little notch yeah. I, I know just from experience when i see that i always hate it and you always try to pick your right line and maybe he was just a little bit off, but you could see it kicked him nasty. He did the panic rev, but he came up a little short. So he nose picked and then bounced. Oh. And when I watch that, I think anyone that's raced and had a crash like that knows that is nothing worse than a 250 pound motorcycle body, body slamming you. And he was going at the bottom of that jump. So anyone that goes, why didn't you get up and get going?
0: I'm telling you, I know why. So Seth, hope you're good, buddy. Yeah, his his cow, he did a Jimmy Superfly snook off the top rope and basically took him down. What he said, yeah. Um, Hunter came in for second, really solid ride in that opening moto. Uh, Justin Cooper rebounded for a fifth after his crash. Really another missed opportunity for him, though, because with the second moto ride and the way he was, you know, had the start, had things going his way, uh, there's a real good chance he could have taken off and won both motos this day. Um, But that's the way it goes. Second moto, Cooper gets the whole shot. And uh, this time he would just kind of cruise. Rode really well. Yeah, put it put it in cruise control, no mistakes. He rode great. Um, jet had more crashes. Like I said, that, that high side that he got in that second moto was pretty pretty big. And the one in the first moto, I mean, he tumbled. It almost reminded me of that meme where the soccer guy goes sliding and he just keeps sliding around the whole stadium. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept tumbling yeah. forever. Well, it reminds you what
1: actual speed they're carrying now. Yeah, is, you know, and just the the way it's going when it launches you it kind of throws you forward as well. But yeah, yeah he's he's gonna need a
0: massage tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't get hurt because he he did tumble pretty good. Uh, the the big news of this motor to me, and again, this could have this could have been an overall. This was in the overall implications was Hunter running up there, in position to get the overall, has some bike trouble. And actually, we posted this on the Whiskey Throttle Show's page. If you follow us on Instagram, uh, we did a little interview with Hunter, and he said that it something was going on with his bike he thought it was seizing um and it was kind of odd what he said he said you know it was it was almost like something with the brake or they they figured it was maybe something with the brake but to him it felt like it was locking up and so there's some massive jumps that sky shot coming out of gravity i mean there's five or six different places where if it locked up coming off a jump i mean you're going to the nearest hospital which is pretty far away so Um, I understand his, you know, you've been in that position where something doesn't seem right with the bike, and all of a sudden you go, whoa. It feels like Russian roulette. Oh, man, it's scary. So he rode it out for a few laps, dropped way back, and then as it seemed like it was going to be okay, he just picked it back up and got himself back up into a podium position, which was great. But, man, another overall slipping through his fingers out of his control.
1: He hasn't been able to beat his brother straight up, and today he would have beaten his brother straight up. But just, again, like you said, it's... I really feel for him because Shimoda's been the one that anything happens to anyone else, he's there to pick up and clean up and he's got two overall wins, not taking anything away from him. You could argue he's the second or third best ride on any given day yeah. in outdoors, speed wise. Today, yeah, I think speed wise, maybe he was one of three or four, you could say Lawrence Brothers himself and Cooper, but he was putting it together. So very unfortunate, I feel for him, we've talked about this, at least he didn't finish second to his brother. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, I don't think that helps much, but what I did like was the fact that he was able to overcome it, whatever it was. But you know, Dilla, you get these weird rocks that, you know, like I've joked and said, they're great for skipping on lakes, yeah. but not for racing on. And they have a lot of those and they come up and they can wedge under a brake pedal against the casing, against a few things. So you know, I was trying to think. I'm like, well, what if it even got in the front sprocket or something like mm. that, and it just locked it up a couple times? Who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Maybe it was covering up. Maybe it, it wasn't. Maybe it was the ignition. It, I mean, there's a lot who of things knows. it could
0: have been. I, when, when you, as we were chatting about it before the show, I thought, you know, maybe you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it was a rock wedged into either the brake pedal between the brake pedal and the cases, or stuck down in the chain guide and just putting a bunch of drag on it. But I don't know, I feel like as a rider, you'd, you'd be you able to know, know that, that difference. Yeah. You'd be able to feel that. And if he's saying it felt like it was gonna seize. Well, he said it felt like it was seizing and then it would go, so. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird, yeah. And, and I'm sure Honda doesn't, if it is an engine issue, they, they've already had the red bud debacle, they don't wanna to add to that. But uh, at any rate, whatever it was, it cost him and that's a bummer. I do wanna say this about Shimoda. And, and also kudos to Cameron McAdoo who came back for his first race back. Yeah, he- he and damn it, he it. put in a good ride, that second moto. Uh, this guy digs in like a tick, because Shimoda was all over him, and he was not letting him have it, and uh, Shimoda eventually did get him. But I don't know if you caught this, at that far back section where you, you climb up and then drop down, just before where Stu landed on RC. He came out of that rut in the second moto, I don't know if you caught this, Joe did, and caught a kicker, and he swapped. Oh yeah. 20 feet down that hill, full sideways, feet up the pegs. And I'm like, he had the overall, even before he passed Cameron. I was like, oh, Joe, chill. But but that's um, that track, like you said. It'll bite you. E- yeah. Even the, the smoothest looking guys look look a little dodgy. But I, I always do appreciate guys who just, they just charge. You know what I mean? And Joe is one of those guys, man. He just 100% all the way to the checkers no matter what. And I, it, I would say McAdoo's probably in
1: the, yeah, ahead yeah. of him as far as the charging part goes. I mean, I feel like, like you said, you're seeing now with Shimoda that, He's putting it together. He's he's stepping out of his comfort zone. I think Mitch Payton had mentioned that at mm-hmm. one point that he needed to just be comfortable being uncomfortable, going mm-hmm. back to what we've been talking about. And and I think he has, and now when you get to a track where you have to do exactly that ride uncomfortably, he looked pretty comfortable doing that. Yeah. I mean he made the least amount of mistakes out of everyone. And I think that also led to that overall you know he
0: did have a crash middle of that second moto they didn't show it a lot in the tv broadcast but he did drop back a couple spots so again you know great great ride for him and and i want to say this about justin cooper as well even with that first moto tip over his ride in the second moto what he did at washugal i think he's solidifying himself as the right pick for our third guy at the motocross donations they're going to announce that this coming weekend at buds creek uh and i'm pretty sure he's riding like he he, he's either riding like he really wants to be on the team, or he
1: just really wants to win, or maybe a bit of both, but he's riding with that, um, I
0: can see that heart coming right. back yeah. into it, you yeah. know, like he's And riding. it just takes some time to, to get that back, you sure. know. He, it's, it was a bad injury he came back from, so it's understandable. Uh, overall results, results, Joe Shimoda with the win, Justin Cooper gets a second, and Hunter gets a third. Uh, congrats to all those guys, awesome riding on the day. Jet gets fourth, RJ behind him, Nick Romano, McAdoo, Thrasher, and Brown are out at your top 10. Um, and the points tightened up a little bit. Jet still got this thing pretty under control. He's at 391. Hunter's at 365, so still a full moto to give if he needs to. And then uh, Joe's at 351, so that battle with Hunter is still alive and well for third and second. And then Justin Cooper at 316. He's back a bit, so uh, be fun to watch as we get into next weekend with that. Uh, let's go to the 450s. We welcome back Dylan Ferrandis, the reigning champion, and and um, you know it was. Kind of interesting to see where he was going to fit in he said himself i'm not hundred percent but it's it's good enough to go racing you know the the, the thumb injury and um obviously he's got the ability the guys run the number one plate but where's his fitness is going to be he hasn't had a gate drop in a long time, long time yeah. so where was he and he pulls a whole shot in the first moto uh, i thought that was awesome he's running with these guys kenny passes him and does what he does goes fast early He's won the last four motos at Unadilla. So he was another guy who was really looking to, to have a good day yeah. there. And, boy, it just didn't happen for him. The wheels fell off. He, he did lead for a, a little bit. But Eli cost, caught and passed him. And to me, at that point, I was thinking, okay, it's over. Eli's gone. I think a lot of people thought that. Sexton with a bad start. And, man, he came through and just went by Eli and took off. Eli had nothing for him. And um, Anderson worked himself up into a third but it was really kind of a boring moto past that. I I was scratching my head a little bit going, man, I wonder if Eli, maybe he tried, maybe they had the wrong tire, maybe the setting wasn't right. What was it? Uh, And and I think after having watched the second moto and kind of the same thing happens, Eli hole shots, you got AP and Barsha up in the mix, Sexton gets into second and within 10 minutes, he had tracked Eli down passed him and I think he won by, he beat him by over 20 seconds or something ridiculous. He was gone. Um, So... Like I said, as far as the racing goes, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Um, uh, Ferrandis with a 10th in that second moto, so obviously fitness probably setting in there. True. Hands, your hands get so beat up when you're not used you're, to the sometimes moto. Sometimes
1: you, you get the whole shot, it's like that old saying, careful what you wish for. Yeah. I just need a good start, you get the whole, it's like, oh God, I didn't mean like this good. <laughs> yeah, now I, was I was thinking like, like a fifth or yeah. a sixth. <laughs> so you know and then all of a sudden you 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 tighten up you know you've been practicing at your own pace and doing your thing and now you're leading this track as we've just talked about is very hard to be smooth and casual and and i get it he probably just also tightened up didn't have a rhythm um (laughs) again Careful what you wish for, but I think for him, maybe he would have wished just come around the turn, maybe third or fourth, and then be able to follow some people those opening laps, but yeah. he was good. I think for him, knowing how hard he works, I'm sure he was tighter more than he was
0: just oh, yeah. out of energy. Well, I thought it was great that he could still get the whole shot and run with those guys. It's not like he's lost anything. It's just going to take a little time to get the, the fitness back and get the polish back. But again, you know, not trying to... Be
1: on one team or another, but that Yamaha 450 is just so damned fast. Yeah. That if you can have a decent technique to get over the gate and shift at the right time, like those bikes are so yeah, good. Yeah, they're, they're to me,
0: it's like they should be getting there first, I think. Um, I want to talk about championship implications because that like I said, that you know, sexton dominated the day. Eli was clearly the second best, and Anderson worked his way into third both motos. And I think for mm. Anderson you know he said as much on the podium he's trying to find kind of get his outdoor legs back under him he didn't race last year uh he just hasn't been really competitive outdoors ever and so he's trying to sort of find that he's working with the bike trying to get some some settings for these different tracks and i think that and i've heard him say this multiple times he's looking for short-term losses in order to, to secure long-term gains looking to 23 for this kind of stuff so that when they go next year, okay, we've got, a, we've got a good bunch of notes on every track, what we did, what, what the bike does. And so maybe he's thinking, you know, 23, he'll come out and be more competitive to compete for wins. But whether you're him or you're Eli now, you got to be looking at Chase Sexton going, man, I've got to find a lot of speed because this guy is handing me my ass. And I'm, I'm wondering what you think of the championship implications. Sexton's now done three motos in a row where he caught, passed, and and beat Eli Tomac. That's pretty rare, that's pretty special.
1: Well, we, we can break it down in different ways. I look at it this way. Eli was starting to dominate, and even though the points didn't show it as much because Eli had a, you know, a bunch of points to gain to get to Sexton, the momentum was with uh, uh, Tomac, the pace was with him, everything looked good. And I think I said in one of our previous shows, I said, Chase can win washugal and unadilla and he has to because those are tracks that i think eli it's not his specialty chase with the way he rides it works for him if you go look at washugal however we want to slice it up it was one of those races i i feel like they were almost even Mm -hmm. it was it was so close between them throw a blanket over i call that a wash this has been the first time in a long time sexton just went out and spanked eli and Eli had done that multiple times previous rounds. Now we go look at it, and the way I look at it is, they've elevated, their, they're riding so good that I feel like even if they crash once or twice in a motor, they still will finish second behind the other one. Um, nothing against Anderson, but I think he's put himself in that solid third fastest guy, but I think he's just far enough back, these guys will figure out a way to go one, two. So now you look at it, there's three rounds to go. The final round of Paula has gotten, you know, Sexton's name on it in a sense because he's been so dominant. So these next four motors are going to be so critical. But this is the first time. So if you're Eli, you go. You know what? I don't like Unadilla. I've never been that great there. Yeah, I've won. Whatever. But he beat me. Oh, okay. cool. he's never won it. He's
0: never won it. or at uh, Unadilla. Who? Eli. He's never got the overall at Unadilla. What? In the premier class. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I can check my notes. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was—I so. I thought he had one. Okay, maybe I was wrong, but
1: it's not his track. Either way, it's not his track. It's, it's not for his sure. track. And yeah. same with Walshugel. So Sexton has done what I thought he had to do to get to this point. Speaking about this point, there's one point in it now. He's yeah. got the red plate, which, which is, you know, one point again. It's a three-round shootout. So to me, it's like the next couple rounds are going to be so critical because I don't think Tomac is someone that oh my gosh, I got beaten, oh, I'm going to panic. No, he's going to be fine. But this next round coming up at Bud's is going to be really, really interesting because I'm not sure if, if, if Sexton's going to continue that momentum because um, he's feeling it right now, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got to be feeling it. I mean, he, you know, after today, he's like, I was better than him. And I don't think he's, if you have that conversation with yourself and he goes, yeah, one more sugar, it was really close. Now he's like, I actually am better than him. He, he passed him and put 20 seconds
0: on him. today. You know, to, that's that's but a big
1: deal. Tomek's done that to everyone multiple times. Yeah. So it's like, how does the mind games work? And I just think the next four motors are going to be really
0: interesting. Really interesting. I, and I, I love your point, because um, I wasn't thinking about that, but Chase has just been dominant at Paula. He just fits with that place. And Eli, at least at the opening round, not so much. I think he could be stronger at the end of the year, but... To your point, let's just say you give Chase those last two motos. That means Eli's got to win, what did you say, three out of these next four? He has to win these three out of these next four motos to put himself in a position where he can go two two at Paula and still get the title. I think that's really profound. Now, there's always a million things that could come in. Maybe Ferrandis can get up to speed by then. Yeah. Maybe he sneaks in and can and and you know can push Chase to third, but that's a big ask for a guy just coming back from injury. Um, you know, and I'm sure Honda's been looking to Kenny for that, and it's just not there. I mean, these guys are so far out in front of everyone else.
1: With Kenny, I feel like he's probably one of the few guys that would say to Honda, I'm not going to go and do anything to help someone else. Like, I'm going to ride my race. But I think with Ferrandis and especially with old Bobby Reagan, he's going to be like, boy, if I need you, I need <laughs> you. You know, so I can see, I feel like I see Ferrandis being more of a pain in the
0: side to Sexton than uh, Roxon Towards, Mm. yeah, and I don't think uh, Ferraris would do anything dirty, but he's gonna, he's gonna push hard to try to stay in front of. Yeah, push hard. I don't care if you. Bobby would say, I don't care if you pull off after 15
1: minutes. Just make sure you're stuck behind you for those first 15. Yeah, like that's, that's a thing. And I know people don't like tactics, but I always say, they happen in racing. They always have.
0: Yeah, they've happened in sports, across the board. But in motor racing, it's always been part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, we're definitely down to uh, you know that point in the series where every single moto, every single point really counts. Every hole shot, every oh, start, every gear shift out of the gate, yeah. And, and to your point, these next two races for Eli are huge. He's He's got to perform, he's got to come out at Bud's and uh, we'll, we'll look at that in our site Lab video if you guys tune into that on Tuesdays. Um, really looking at Bud's, how he's done there in the past, maybe forecasting a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, when we look at the the overall in the day, Eli Sexton dominated um, or Eli Sexton. What the hell am I saying? Chase Sexton. Uh, incredible ride. Just I thought he you were was like Eli Sexton first he was, second first. Isn't he pretty to watch, man? Like Chains? knowing yeah. how hard Unidilla you know, is to ride and to be comfortable and he looked like he was just cruising. It was impressive. Like when you watch him, it looks like
1: everything he does is a purpose, but he doesn't have aggressive, aggressive motions. Everything he, even like when he passed Tomac, I think it was motor two, when he launched over the, the, the finish line. And I'm like, you know, my dad would be like, why don't you do that? I'm like, I've done it. I landed so hard, the frame hooked. I went over the bars, the bike stopped. I thought I'd broken bones. And because the bike G'd out and hooked the frame, I lost the momentum, the guy still got in front of me but he was able to just scrub coming up so low and just absorb that and keep that yeah. forward drive and it's it's impressive. I mean, I can't not watch it and go, wow, that that's really special. He's putting on a, a riding clinic uh, in terms of technique. What I love is I've watched Eli put a riding clinic and it was so different. Just power sliding around the outsides and just, yeah. just looking like poetry in motion. And you watch Sexton and you're like, he makes me feel like I could come out of retirement maybe get <laughs> get up there. Because yeah, it doesn't
0: look that difficult. They're, they're com- complete polar opposites yeah. in terms of the way they ride. Eli just plows through things and chases this buttery, smooth, perfect yeah. form. So it, we're getting to watch something pretty special. I think these next couple rounds are going to be amazing. Um, so Sexton with the overall. Eli second, Anderson third. Uh, Aaron Plessinger. Props to him. He yeah. dude pulls out a fourth uh, overall. I love that. Dungy, okay. fifth. Uh, well... After Jade Dungey gave AP a tuning, he's actually been riding pretty good. <laughs> well, there you go. That's what it takes. Uh, Roxen, Ferrandis, Barcia, Savachi, Craig. Um, so kind of the same players that have, that have been in there. But um, we look at the points. Sexton at 409, Eli at 408, and Anderson back at 325. So safe to say those guys have one and two locked up. But uh, it's going to be a fight to the finish. So, uh, hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We sure appreciate it. I do want to mention something. Um, we have partnered with Motorsports Curated, and this is exclusively for folks that watch this show and, and whiskey throttle show fans. Um, so, we've teamed up with Chase Sexton and Motorsports Curated. He's giving away a Chase Sexton replica CRF 450. Um, this thing is awesome, dialed in. And uh, they've worked with McGrath and Stewart and a whole bunch of people. This is a very um, reputable company. And entering is simple, costs you no money. You literally follow those guys on Instagram, Motorsports Curated, at Motorsports Curated. Tag three friends and follow everybody they're following. Super simple, and they will pick a winner. Somebody's going home with this bike, it could be you, at zero cost to you. So just following a few people on Instagram, it's that simple. Uh, So don't miss your chance, at Motorsports Curated on Instagram, and follow the steps to enter for Chase Sexton's CRF 450. Gonna be pretty sweet. So thank you guys for tuning in. Stay tuned for Sight Lab coming up early this week as we look ahead to Bud's Creek. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for watching.